Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Daily Grind. My name is Kelly Johnson, your fun and friendly host. We're in episode 28 of season four, the very best one yet. What is up, The Daily Grinders? My name is Kelly, your host, as always. We have a new segment, a new feature that we're doing on social, and we want you to be a part of it. The Daily Grind, that's the name of our podcast. What does The Daily Grind mean to you? Our simple phrase, following a certain routine every morning to start your day or on a larger scale that shapes the outlook on your life. Submit yours on our direct link form, direct.me slash dailygrindpod, or visit us on social at dailygrindpod and get featured. special guest on today's podcast. I'll keep the introduction short. I'd like to welcome to the show Rishab Jain. Rishab is the CEO and co-founder of Firmat Commerce, a distributed commerce platform built to enable creators to embed brand direct shopping experiences on their own sites. So welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, we are excited to have you on the show, Rishab. Our listeners are beyond excited to learn about more about your story, what you do day in, day out. And uh, yeah, to, to get this interview started, can you briefly introduce yourself and what you do on your daily grind? <laughs> yeah, sure. So I guess the easiest way for me to characterize sort of... Uh, yeah, what I what I do on a on a daily basis is right now our company is less than a year old, which means that the way I think about building a business is what is the single most important problem to solve right now to make sure that this company can be successful. I, like like every other company, there's a quite large number of things that need to go right in order for everything to actually work. Like you need to hire a team, you need to raise funding, you need to make sure your customers are happy, you need to fix a specific thing with your product. But for me personally, I wake up every morning obsessing about a single thing. So, you know, when that was team, I was, team, I was obsessed when it was customers, I was obsessing about customers. And so I find that I, yeah, I wake up in the morning and I say, okay, what is the single thing that I need to move forward today, this week? Uh, and yeah, I just, I just try to allocate my time to worry, to worrying about it and working on a single thing at a time. Yes. As a newly entrepreneur, probably, or just with your new business in general, I'm guessing wearing multiple hats. Uh, as we dive into the interview, you'll probably unravel or unpack your duffel bag or whatever analogy we want to come about here uh, in the D2C, you know, commerce, you know, digital space. Uh, so yeah, excited to dive in more. Do you want to rewind, rewind us to, you said less than a year, like, where'd you come up with the idea? And then kind of fast forward us to, to get us on track to today. Yeah, for sure. So I'll do like a really quick background. So basically, I was uh, originally actually I was a researcher. So I got my PhD in solid state physics, and then sort of fell my way into advertising technology and worked at an ad tech company for six years. 
And I was working there when Apple made this announcement saying you cannot track users from one website to another. And so that's, you know, really well known now that they're, they're doing this uh, really big push around user privacy. And so they're saying, hey, advertising in its current form is broken because you're tracking users without them understanding that you're tracking them. And so then they did this big push that now all of us who use iPhones every time we open an app, they say, hey, do you want to allow this app to track you or not? Right. And so when that announcement was made, I was like, this is fundamentally changing the nature of the consumer Internet, because actually, you know, whether you like it or, or not, the reason why the consumer Internet works the way that it does is because ads allow companies to provide a very large number of services for nominal zero cost. You know, I would never argue it's real zero cost, but for sure it's nominal zero cost. And I think that the consequence of that is that if you now take away that model, you have to rethink the entire consumer internet. And so, you know, last year I sort of said, hey, what is the way that we need to rethink how commerce happens on the internet if you cannot track users? And that's what gave birth to the idea basically is, hey, we should allow anybody who creates content to be able to directly embed a shoppable experience inside of that content. And so that's, that's actually sort of the origin story of, you know, what I was doing when this announcement was made and why we're building the business we're building. And then tell us more about kind of, you know, starting from, again, a lot of our listeners that tuned today's episode, you know, they work their nine to five, they have something on the side hustle, maybe trying to, you know, do that full time in a sense, like, did you have like an aha moment that really you went like all in on this or just like kind of triggered you to continue to where it is today, obviously? Yeah, actually, that's a really good question. So I think that for most people who want to start a company, they it's always nagging them in the back of their head. And they're always wondering, like, when is the right moment to leave what I'm currently doing to go full-time into starting a company mm -hmm. for me it was actually a combination of three things and i'll i'll share the most important one last uh and it's, it's sort of the most personal but the first one is just i happened to be in a role where i was building new businesses inside of the company that i previously worked at and so the businesses that I had built were already scaling very well when I decided to leave. And so it was like, you know, it's, it was one of those, my work here is done moments. And so I was like, okay, if this is now working, like, what am I going to do next? Either I need to find a new role inside of the company or I need to find another job or I go and start my own thing. So that was one factor that happened to align. And then this announcement by Apple was, you know, I could, I could just see <laughs> that somebody needed to build these tools. And I was well positioned because I really understood this space having worked at an ad tech company for six years. And so I was like, I'm really well positioned to solve this problem. And I saw this problem and it, it was it was one of those moments where it's like, now the, it's like a burning desire to go and figure out how to solve this problem. Mm -hmm. And then the thing that really pushed me over the edge is my wife and I were trying for our first kid and we found out that we were pregnant and I was like, I can only from now on do things that are going to make my daughter proud. I didn't know that at the time, I didn't know that it was a girl, but that make my like future child proud. Right. Mm -hmm. 
and that was that was the thing that made it trivial for me to make the decision that I've got to start my own company because I think an, an event, a personal event like having a kid, just pushes you to do the thing that is actually most important to you. Oh, this is this is great, Rishab. Yeah, just understanding again, like your skill set, what you can bring to the table, and obviously doing it hands on prior to starting firm out here, be able to scale a business and you know uh, apply that to you know multiple aspects whether it's in your day job or even outside or again coming from the something doing something you're passionate about or extracurricular or whatever the case may be uh and then number two yeah with the announcement so i think that hits home too for our for our grinders tuning in today's episode just being aware of your surroundings uh the market in general industry as a whole because a lot of things could affect what you do day in day out um from a personal experience or even the business or company or something that you're looking to get into and then yeah finally the the personal touch the the impact the making the difference uh that that's huge i think that really hits home me myself too just speaking on behalf of using this podcast platform to uh, share people's stories like yourself and have really great guests on the show. I think it's really eye-opener. It, it goes to show, you know, what motivates you. It kind of teed me up for my next question, too. Like, what keeps you motivated, you know, each and every day, you know, going through this j- journey right now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say it's, like, two things. One is, like, just seeing the amount of, like, pain, this decision that to not allow, use, you know, tracking to happen has had on customers and you know you you really don't want a future where everybody buys everything from either amazon or a large social network you want a future where independent brands can actually access customers directly mm-hmm. and you want a future where independent content creators can successfully launch media businesses or any sort of creative output business right and it's you 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 can see how this would be really hard if a business like ours didn't exist so you know on the one hand it's our customers that are extremely motivating to me because mm-hmm. i just genuinely don't want 7 years from now mm-hmm. for the only two options to be either buy stuff on amazon or buy stuff on a large social network and everybody's disintermediated i j- i just don't want that future and then the second thing is yeah having this big personal motivation around do only doing things that would make my daughter proud is is very helpful. <laughs> so, you know, I I often get asked like, "Hey, you know, how do you balance the amount of time between being a parent and being a founder at the same time?" But mm-hmm. I, I think it's more about how do you manage your psychology and your emotions because, you know, working hard is necessary, but it's just not sufficient, right? You got to manage your psycho like grinding every day is as much about working hard as it is about managing your psychology and your emotional and your emotional state and so that's sort of the key thing to always make sure that you have something that pushes that too really well said uh just having that right balance or you know striving towards that um a lot of factors like play again to how we can perform our best every day and it just goes to show again your really great ex- example shedding light in this area and what to do in that that startup up our startup essentially can you talk more on the digital side like the e-commerce you mentioned too from the market or even with uh that apple announcement kind of triggered you but also uh other factors that this market is constantly evolving and touching on you know the uh independent brands and the the content creators like what what are they looking for in terms of uh, services and how are you able to help them you know strive towards their own you know kpis targets that they're looking to do yeah 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 yeah. so 
you're absolutely right. You know, one of the big factors was this specific change created a lot of disruption in the industry. But even without that specific, you know, Apple change, e-commerce was already so the I mean, I don't want to be trite, but mm -hmm. the pandemic made e-commerce a necessity for a lot of people who had previously not tried shopping online. Right. So one of the biggest things that even though now a lot of people are going back to shopping in physical retail, a lot of people have now had a taste of shopping online who may not have otherwise previously shopped online. And a lot of people who were pushed to shop majority online are actually just continuing to shop more and more online. Right. And so one of the biggest things about e-commerce is just we had this big event because of the pandemic that naturally propelled it for a period of time. And in addition to that propelling, happened to be a propelling of independent brands. So if you look at the shape of e-commerce, the share of Shopify actually grew significantly more than the overall growth of e-commerce. And so what does that mean? That means independent brands were growing as the largest share of the growth of that e-commerce that happened during the pandemic. And so as a consumer, now you're used to shopping from independent brands. And in conjunction with that, we saw a lot of people getting more and more inspired with content creators, right? And I mean, I think that, <laughs> I can't remember who said this to me, but somebody said to me, the way that you know content creators are actually super important is you prefer to watch the content of a creator who you don't personally know over the content of your friends, meaning more and more people are on TikTok than they are on Facebook. So it's like Facebook is diminishing, Instagram is diminishing after that, and TikTok is growing. Mm -hmm. What is that saying? That's saying actually the value of the social graph is diminishing relative to the value of the output of the content creator. And this was when this person said this to me, I, I was like, you know, my, my worldview shifted pretty dramatically because it's so true, right? You can, I mean, first of all, you can see it in the numbers, but you can also hear it anecdotally. Like people share TikToks with each other. Like that's the thing that people do. I, I mean, I share TikToks with my wife all the time. And so I think that, that that was another big sort of movement that was happening. So you have the rise of independent brands, you have this rise of the content creator, and so these forces were naturally progressing. And so that that was, I think, the sort of, you know, slower, but um, sorry, persistent and large changes that were happening in the market anyways. And then this Apple thing came in and like really sort of shifted the importance of how you navigate within that market. But those markets were, I mean, and they still are growing in like a very meaningful way quite the eye-opener and even to our just to add on question um in terms of like the privacy changes with uh you know the impact on the independent brands and content creators in terms of entrepreneurship for those ones too do you think you know post pandemic or during the pandemic that kind of increased the amount of new brands you know coming to market across consumer goods or even from uh, media you know influencer side yeah, I mean, this is the, the honestly, this is like the reason why I kind of love talking about this in podcasts, because 
it's like the person who like you the person who i'm talking to mm -hmm. is a podcaster you're like an independent content creator <laughs> and so like you know this conversation actually is like very very productive to have mm -hmm. not only with a podcaster but also to the audience of a podcaster because it's like whoever's listening to this conversation right now they have made a decision to listen to this podcast right and so uh and you know they discovered this podcast however they discovered this podcast and yeah i think i think that it's really i think it's really true that first of all i think the pandemic allowed people a lot of just sort of reflection time because you were stuck at home um but i also think that yeah it encouraged a lot of people to try a lot of uh, new things. And so I think that, yeah, we saw a lot of people become creators who were previously not creators. You saw a lot of people starting, you know, sort of side hustle style brands mm -hmm. because Shopify was just exploding and more and more people needed to buy goods online. And so I think independent business is on, on whole, on a whole on the rise. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're very lucky that there's a ton of technology that allows us to build these independent businesses pretty pretty effectively like shopify exists for independent brands this recording is i mean mm -hmm. at least for me you know it's like my zoom license and a mic you know it was like not uh, from my side at least it's the, the ability to participate in in this in this content creation that you are creating is like very inexpensive and so yeah, I think I think that this is going to be on the rise just because of how accessible it has become. To add on, yeah, even from a podcasting standpoint, I'm not on TikTok too much. I was for a hot moment, but I was like, I, I consume a lot of content via audio and just sharing different podcasts I, I listen to, or even now, like on the audio book side, Spotify and Anchor, they've now added that onto their platform uh, recently. Just like the ease and the convenience, like you mentioned, on sharing content as well as uh, consuming or just being a part of this space. Looping in your in your brand and business uh, from from out here, do you see like an influx of creators, you know, looking to monetize like their audience, you know, speaking in, in dollars now? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that one of the hardest things to crack historically in the creator economy is just what is the most effective monetization mechanism. Mm -hmm. And so you know, at least on large social networks, so like on Instagram and on TikTok, the most effective way to monetize happens to be through brand deals. So you partner with a brand, the brand pays you uh, either a flat fee or a percentage of sales that you help that brand drive. And the hardest part of that business today is for both the brand and the content creator, neither of them have really good visibility into what is the actual trans, I mean, number of transactions driven. And for those co consumers who did not convert, why did they not convert? This is like a total black box in today's ecosystem. And so that's why we sort of built Fermat is, okay, by embedding the shopping experience directly in content on, you know, on IG, on blog, on whatever it may be, we enable people to track with very high level of detail what is happening to those consumers. And that's very advantageous to both the brand and the content creator because an influencer or a content creator actually want, I mean, they make money from these brand deals. So they want to show high performance, but even more importantly, let's just say that actually they were not motivated by the performance of their content mm -hmm. at a minimum they would be motivated by the fact that 
sales demonstrates that they have added value to their audience, right? So I'll give you like a very simple example. Mm -hmm. If there are two content creators selling the same good to a same sized audience, one of them drives, you know, a hundred sales, the other one drives two. It is very obvious that the one who drove the hundred sales, that they have just learned that their audience actually cares about this good right? Let's just pretend it was a pan, mm -hmm. right? It's like, okay, now as a content creator, I know that my audience cares about things mm -hmm. that would then cause them to purchase a pan from me. Whereas the other one knows, okay, my audience does not care at all, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe actually that audience is more attuned to like, maybe it's eyeliner, right? And it's like, mm -hmm. hey, if this person had talked about a particular eyeliner, it would have sold really well. Again, not even if you ignore the commercial element of it, which you should not, it is highly valuable. At the minimum, it tells you what's engaging for your audience. And so the levels of information that are today opaque in the content and commerce world is what Fermat is trying to put sort of a light on and say, okay, we're gonna embed the commerce. We're gonna give you incredible amounts of data because it's embedded commerce, we can do that. And now both sides benefit both in terms of measurement and analytics and in terms of actual conversion and that's sort of like the core of what we are trying to tap into when it comes to monetization for creators that's a really great example i was like shedding light again having a visual representation also too it's it's benefit both both sides of the spectrum too for the the brand as, as well as the the content creator can you maybe connect our connect our um listeners to you in today's episode you know benefits on on each side here Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. For the brand, I mean, so on the brand side, the biggest problem today is like, actually, you can, as a consumer, you've experienced this where mm -hmm. when you're looking at influencer content, they'll say like, hey, use my code, like uh, Kelly 20, mm -hmm. when you buy this pan, right? That's like a very common way of doing it. And the problem is that like, the consumer now, from a brand point of view, the brand only knows that a consumer come came from listening to you say, hey, use Kelly 20, if you, they actually use Kelly 20. Mm -hmm. If they do anything else, they have no idea, right? <laughs> and so and so the advantage to the brand is, like, now they can actually track every user. Well, not track, track is the wrong word. They can measure what happens to every user because we're actually not tracking because it's embedded. Mm -hmm. So they can measure what happens to every user, and then they can actually attribute correctly the number of sales. So why is that important? It's, well, what if using the Kelly 20 method, they thought that you sold three pans, but in reality, you sold 50, mm -hmm. right? And it's just that, I mean, there's lots of reasons why using a discount code is like extremely poor, but mm -hmm. it, like one of the, you know, this is like a pretty reasonable thing that could happen. And then it's like, what they, they say like, hey, okay, fine. Working with Kelly only produced this amount of output for us. And so then they make a different set of decisions. But if actually they had the information saying like, hey, actually working with Kelly produced 50 sales, they would make a totally different set of decisions, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think from the brand side, the, you know, like measurement and analytics yeah. along with increased conversion is the main benefit. And then it's the same, actually it's the same on the creator side. You want to increase the ability to measure and you want to increase engagement. So on the creator side, it's, you know, selling is not necessarily the end goal engagement is the end goal and so it's like measurement and engagement for the creator we can increase both of those and for the brand we increase measurement and conversion uh this is this is great 
speaking on like the influencer side or just in general us being a consumer of just social media like obviously we want to see more engagement on our personal profile so even coming from an influencer they they love to hear that that's what they you know that's what they thrive on that's what fuels their fire in a sense to even produce even better stuff i'm assuming even the after the post results of this they're looking to going back to the example of selling 100 units versus like two units i assume they continue to go on the uptick on being able to optimize or be more efficient in whoever they're working with yeah exactly that's exactly the idea yeah yeah because today it's it's a total black box and so <laughs> you want to have the tools to to be able to uh, both sides want to have the tools to be able to optimize you know that, that's the 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 nice thing about this ecosystem is like actually both sides if there were the right tools are incentive aligned but the right tools don't exist yet and so it creates all sorts of secondary issues because you cannot correctly measure these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, again, we have we have an expert in this industry or someone that I, obviously I don't work directly in this industry, but having um you know insights or outlook in the future ahead in terms of privacy changes down the road, do you anticipate stuff you know come when this episode airs or even you know looking into you know 2023 a lot of movements a lot of uh, evolving of some some things that are happening currently. Yeah, for sure. So, so Apple already made a change saying you cannot track users from one location to another. Mm -hmm. And then now Google is going to make a similar change and they're going to get rid of what's called a third party cookie, mm -hmm. which essentially what it means is, I don't know if you are starting to see banners, which is like allow all, you know, as soon as you open a site and it's like, Hey, we use cookies for blah, 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 blah. And then you say like, allow all of this. Um, and that sort of stuff, yeah, those third-party cookies are going to be disallowed, and they're for sure going to be disallowed for advertising purposes. And so what does that mean? What that means is consumers should start to expect that it'll be, they'll, they'll have an, less and less things that are for free. Like, we're actually already starting to see this. You're starting to see a bunch of newspapers who are either asking for donations. Uh, I don't know if you're like seeing this more and more often now. They're saying like, hey, you know, we run our newspaper through donations from our readers. This is like a new concept that has evolved. More and more newspapers are starting subscription services. So consumers will start to see the impact of a internet that is less and less, quote unquote, nominally free, right? Um, as a that is the that is the price that they will pay for increased privacy. Well, well, one of the prices, and then the other thing that they'll see is they'll see the number of ads on the page increase. Actually, mm -hmm. so when you have less ability to target, the only way that you can actually convert is you increase the number of ads that you are actually pushing out, and so you'll likely see more ads, not less, as a consequence of this, which I. You know, it's it is unfortunate because I bet that if a consumer was told, "Hey, this is what the outcome is going to be," I don't think that they would necessarily take this trade. But I think that you know, it is very hard to foresee a lot of these, yeah, a lot of these eventualities, basically. Um, and then the last thing is that you'll see more and more e-commerce happen through retailers. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Amazon for sure as the largest online retailer, but you'll see more and more commerce happen through retailers because that'll be the only way to efficiently acquire customers. So 
and then you know hopefully businesses like ours will help you find and discover new brands in more engaging ways like through content but yeah i think that you know we're going to continue to see privacy really impact pretty dramatically how we interact with the internet this is this is great again eye opener me from the consumer standpoint uh just in terms of yeah the articles like reading stuff online i can definitely tell over the past i don't know I don't even know what the time length I want to say, but yeah, more ads continue to pop up, more distractions for me <laughs> to, to navigate through. But in terms of the e-commerce, I think that's healthy though, uh, from a market perspective of us being able to get what we want when we want. Uh, I mean, it, the timing, the going back to the convenience aspect, uh, but I can just see on the, the back ends of different businesses, how, you know, the mom and pop shop down the road might be struggling, but for them to stay competitive in their own their own industry or market. I think, I think uh, everyone needs to get into this digital uh, space, obviously, to, to continue to grow um, as li- with the technology improvements and everything. Yep, exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. Just speaking about this field, though, actually, you teed me up for my next question as well. Ben, the, the startup start space in general, but currently w- what you're working on right now, what do you still hope to accomplish in this field going forward? You know, what's your future outlook ahead? Do you tell us more? Do you want to provide us a teaser? I mean, that's, that's a big money question here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think that, I mean, so we're a venture funded company. We, uh, I guess this, this episode, I guess if you're listening, it's probably late November. Um, and we announced our fundraise in uh mid-september so we're we're a venture-backed company and so like what that means generally speaking is we're you know we're really trying to grow as quickly as possible and so at least for me the thing that i am you know trying to accomplish in the next sort of year or two is really just grow the business as quickly as possible and and what I mean by that for us, what success success looks like is a network of brands and creators who are showing these shopping experiences to consumers that and these are and that are high quality experiences, right? So it's all about how big of a network are can we build and how high quality is that network? Meaning are these goods that consumers care about? Are these products that the creators care about? And when we say care about, we should be able to see engagement. Again, going back to the metrics that we can now help people track, we should be seeing add to carts, we should be seeing purchases, but we can see the sum totality of what is happening on this network. And and yeah, just growing the the size and the quality of the network is, is the most important thing right now mm-hmm. for us. Main main area of focus, as we said in the podcast, keep up the grind, you know, all all the best and continued success here time to have you on the show literally less than a year old so yeah excited to to see where see see the future outlook here so really exciting yeah thank you the daily grind that's the name of our podcast shop what does the daily grind mean to you (laughs) yeah that's a good question i think at least for me what uh this is sort of going back to what we talked about at the start of the show to me i think that if you're gonna, yeah, like wait for me, it means like, hey, what is the thing that you wake up in the morning and you're sort of excited to go and accomplish? You know, it's like that's that's sort of what it means to me. And so, 
I think for me, at least when I wake up in the morning, it's, it's this question of what is the single most important thing that'll move the business forward and how do I make sure I solve that one thing? And then taking those incremental steps. I think that actually, for me, at least the daily grind is like importantly distinct from, Hey, what is the end state that you're trying to accomplish? Like, Hey, you know, project 10 years into the future. What does the business look like? That's like a very different question. Um, but I actually think that like, Hey, what is the focus that you have today? And if you can be disciplined about that, I think actually you will surprise yourself with how much progress you can make on like a longer time horizon. And so at least, at least for me, that's what it means. And that's the benefit of thinking about it in that way. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's really great. Might have to rebrand our, our podcast here and incorporate a part of your definition uh, on the grind. <laughs> Another question or just from on behalf of our daily grinders, you know, again, trying to, uh, whether they're entrepreneur or looking to get into the startup space with your journey so far, do you have any advice or something that's come recently across your place that you'd like to share on today's episode to give us like a little nugget on to how we could better ourselves or potentially something that we should have on our own radar that you've utilized, you know, within your journey so far or wish that you could have learned, you know, going prior? Yeah, I think that, I mean, and this is going to sound like a cliche, (laughs) uh, but I think that the most the most useful thing, at least that I have found, is like inaction is like your worst enemy. So especially when things are not going well, I think that human nature is like um, it's tricky where when things are not going well, you then become more scared to continue to do more things, because what if those more things also don't go well? Right. And it's like this failure aversion situation. And so. You know, like let's just let's just say you started a Shopify store, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, oh my gosh, like nobody is buying this thing. You know, sales are slowing down. What's going on? And then you're like, what if nobody wants it? And then you talk, you're, you know, the self talk of like, okay, then I shouldn't make this. What should I make? And then you're like sitting there thinking, like, for six months, what should I make? And six months have gone by and you haven't made anything, right? And that that I think is the one thing at least from an advice standpoint that I would highly recommend against it's just do do anything in fact you know is better than than doing nothing but also just get the more comfortable you are with like hey when things are not working actually the bias should be do like 3x the amount of activity if that is your like bias then I think that you are way more likely to be successful uh, in the long term than the bias being, okay, actually, I should have thought about it more. Like, no, you should never have thought about it more. You should always just tried more stuff. Yeah, just not being stagnant and having that open mindset when it comes to, you know, uh, solving that problem or finding a solution in general. Um, so, yeah, really spot on. I like that. That's really great for our, our listeners tuning in today's episode. Um, but yeah, I want to, I want to, you know, in closing here, Rishab, we, we talked about your daily schedule. Again, you have quite the grind going on right now in the startup space. What's on your daily grind, you know, later this year, you know, where are you closing out for, for the year end? Yeah. Um, so we're, I mean, we're an e-commerce business basically. And so uh, the year end is always like a very uh, particularly interesting time. And so for us, our main goal is 
yeah, make sure that our product is delivering for our customers through the holiday season and just really honing in on making sure our existing customers are as successful as possible and then take that success and parlay it into growing our customer base early next year. And so that's sort of what we're thinking about for this quarter is just making sure that we deliver amazing experiences going into the holiday season and then using the using the output from that work that we do for our customers to help bring on new customers in the new year. Yeah, really well said. Uh, yeah, Holly is the main focus here, and I think on everyone's plate as well. So I'm uh, glad to hear. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Secondly, uh, Rashab, again, you gave us a lot of great takeaways so far. Again, you know, industry insights and outlook ahead. A very, very motivating story and inspiring as well in, um, as an entrepreneur. Do you have a word today to motivate our listeners out there or even a, a quote or saying? Uh, wow, that's a tough question. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that I have a good, uh, I don't know that I have a good quote or mantra to be, to be perfectly honest with you. I, I will say that, I, I will say that I think it's, it's different for everybody. Like for me, the thing that's motivating is, is again, this thing with my daughter. So it's not like a particular quote or a mantra that I think about. Yeah, so so I wish I had a direct answer to your question, but I I would just sort of answer by saying I I think that what motivates people is different per person, and I would just encourage using whatever motivates you to just uh, allow that to to become large. So yeah, no, I, I like it. Like just being, um, you know, finding that motivation from within. Um, I think you hit home too on some of the keywords earlier in the episode. You know networking and that con connectivity uh, i think is really important um you know with your story and, and what inspires us too you know going forward to how we can accomplish our own goals i really like too from the origin story you mentioned as well like you've you saw that problem and now you have that solution um so i think maybe problem solving is our keyword for today yeah 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 i think yeah yeah problem solving and actually I would even characterize it as problem obsession <laughs> so like you know like as I wake up in the morning and I think about like what is yeah what is the thing I'm going to grind on today it's I, I just I actually do become obsessive about a single problem at a time and I think the more problem obsessed you are the more likely it is that you will actually find a solution to that problem okay yeah really well said again yeah hitting us home I like it in this final stretch here uh, yes. Uh, last but not least, uh, Rishab, if our listeners have questions, comments, want to get in touch with you, you know, want to learn more about your story, uh, want to learn more about, uh, Vermont, how can they do so? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I'm easily reached, um, Rishab M. Jane. So that's my first name, letter M and then last name on either LinkedIn or Twitter. Uh, and then our company's from at commerce.com. So, yeah, but reach out, reach out either to us through through our website, or you can reach out directly to me, either with like a Twitter DM or LinkedIn DM. Perfect. We'll put where to find Rashab and uh, his business in today's show notes. As always, uh, thanks again for tuning today's episode. A big thank you to Rashab for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. This was amazing. I really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning into the Daily Grind this week. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, we're at Daily Brian Pod.
please also remember to visit our website, www.kjfwi.org, and shop our merch. Until next time, my name is Kelly Johnson. Have a great day. This episode was produced by the Kelly Johnson Foundation with music composed by Connor Christian.